I just want to jump in here with a quick note about some changes that are happening. This podcast is now going ad-supported. What that means is I will be releasing select episodes from the hundreds of episodes I have archived now on Patreon and releasing them here. A lot of these were recorded a couple of years ago during 2020 especially. However, I have gone through them and deemed that the parenting information was still really relevant. So just be aware that some of these releases may be out of order chronologically. Also, if you would like to listen to the podcast ad-free, you can still join Patreon. I'll still be releasing podcasts there with a few bonuses. One is that it will be ad-free. One will be that you get the podcast slightly earlier than everybody else. And I'll also be doing a bonus episode every month with a Q&A that's patron specific. So if that's something you'd like to do, you can join for a dollar a month and we'll see you there. Thanks, guys. Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, But Holy Fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, you guys. Welcome, welcome. Today's topic is for the moms. Well, that's the episode title. And it's not to exclude dads. It's just that I never see this topic, this issue, rear its ugly head with dads. I never see it online. I never see it in clients. I never see it in friends. And that is mom shaming. I never see dads being shamed, right? So it's it's a pretty, that in, in and of itself is kind of interesting to me. But dads, you're more than welcome to listen in. There's no like private mom talk here. It's just that I don't really ever see this as a dad issue. So I read in Parenting Magazine that in a survey of a thousand millennials, nearly 80% of moms felt mom shamed at some point in time, which begs the question, is it worse now or have moms always been mom shamed? And I 100% think it's worse now. And I think there are a few components to this. So let's break it down so we can try to figure out what we can personally do about the mom shaming that is pretty crazy. It's pretty intense right now. And a large portion of it happens online. So we have to kind of keep that in mind too. But let's let's work through this. So there is an explosion of information. It The internet is crazy. There is just so much information available. And this means that there are more options. And when we have more options, there comes uncertainty, right? So what do you feel? You're like, oh my God, am I choosing the right option here, right? And we all want confirmation that we're doing the right thing. So we naturally feel disdain for the person who is doing something different. And just like I did the podcast about going back to school, right? We feel better when people make our choices because it confirms that we're doing the right thing. We're also like herd, village, tribal people. We want to be part of something. So I just, I, I heard on this, I, I was listening to a podcast just kind of as a side note. And this guy was like, oh, I remember it was back in the early nineties. And I was like, I had a, a goatee and I thought I was such a rebel. And I got on the tube in London and I looked down and every single guy had a goatee. And it's like, you know, we know when teenagers rebel, they get their nose pierced and then you pick up their friends and all their friends have their nose pierced. So we like to rebel. We like to be different, but we like to be different in a group, right? And What's happening in our society is just like identity politics, there's like an identity parenting. We love to be in boxes. People love it. They love to 
to know. You know, like if I say, hey, I'm an attachment parent or I use cloth diapers and I make my own baby food, bam, you think you know me, right? Uh, it's unbelievable the people that assume certain things about homeschoolers, right? That that you must you must wear a jumper, you must be Christian, you must... You know, like it's there's these weird identities that we attach to because we love to we love to be able to in in a short amount of time be able to know what a person is all about. Now, first of all, the climate in our whole society has changed. Like everyone's on edge. And everyone is poised and ready for a fight. So you kind of have to know that. Like it just, I I don't want it to be true, but so much is politicized now that it just feels like every choice we make needs to be defended. And there's also a theme that I'm going to be bringing up throughout this whole, whole thing, which is it's okay for you to set a boundary without making another person wrong. So it's totally okay for you to have your choices without making the other person wrong. And that's where I feel like some of the mom shaming comes in is like, well, if I choose this, if I choose this way of parenting or or, or specific choice within parenting, then you must be wrong if you don't also choose it. And so that's kind of the basis of the mom shaming. And what I'm going to really look for today is like, number one, can we eradicate it in ourselves? Because we all do it. We all make snap judgments. And I'm going to give some examples in a little bit. We make snap judgments, but also what to do when you're being mom shamed, right? And and there is there is a way to set a boundary around that. Now, I kind of fancy myself like an armchair social anthropologist. I love trying to figure out where, when, why we as a group started to act a certain way. I do this in potty training, right? I'm going to be 52 this year and I potty training was not a big deal when I was a kid. Not a big deal. I was apparently very late in potty training at 24 months. My mom was embarrassed to leave the house because I wasn't yet potty trained. How did things change in such a short time? How did the cultural norms shift to like three and a half to potty train? How, you know, so I like to look and I like to look back and go, okay, where did that, where did this all start? And there's no doubt in my mind that the internet and social media have completely changed the playing field, of course, right? It's so much easier to see a broad scope. It's so much easier to see, you know, horrific things, horrible outcomes, and it's so much harder to stay in your lane. And I love that expression, stay in your lane. And parenting is definitely a stay in your lane gig. As humans, we like gathering. Again, we like tribes, we like villages, and, and it used to be family. It used to be that we had families and we stayed with them and we've moved. And so now our groups are more ideological, right? And we we used to like, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's good. I think that we moved on and we now know that we don't have to suffer with toxic family and we can move on. But in a way, we've created a different village and the village isn't based on family. It's no longer enough that like we're just moms. It's no longer enough that our kids are the same age. Now it's based in ideological functioning in in philosophy, right? And so that's how we sort of tribe ourselves together. That's how we sort of gather our our group. We also have a really wrong assumption that everyone has has access to the same information. And I would argue that we all have access. If you have a smartphone or a computer, we have access to the same information. But how you get that information is so different. And I 
constantly have to, as a business person, I'm really up on the Facebook algorithm and sort of what's going on in, you know, the algorithms on various social medias. And it just is astounding to me that people assume that we're all seeing the same thing. And a large amount of people do get their news, do read articles, you know, have groups, they're in groups and get their information from social media. And that's sort of the jumping off point, you know, like, think about it. Do you actually go to news websites or do you see an article on Facebook and you're like, oh, I'll click that. What you need to know is that your algorithm is designed for you. It's based on confirmation bias. So if you click on an attachment parenting article, you're going to be shown more attachment parenting articles. And in fact, the algorithm is set to increase, to escalate whatever it is you like. So you're going to see more and more, uh, not only attachment parenting, but more and more sort of extreme examples of it, right? And so pretty soon you might find yourself to be this like, whoa, end of the spectrum of attachment parenting. And I'm just using that as an example. But I think it's really important to know that because people are getting different news. People are getting different takes on the news, right? And everybody assumes that we all have the same access. For example, I know car seat regulations make people go bonkers, right? And so you have to assume that the woman in your kid's preschool who posted a picture and her kid was like in a wrong car seat situation for whatever reason, people are jumping to the assumption that that parent knows and is flaunting something otherwise, right? Like, oh my God, I've seen people crucified online about car seat stuff, right? What if that parent just didn't know? So do we have to jump into judging and shaming and yelling, (laughs) right? When maybe that person just didn't have the access to that same information. How about a private message? How about a gentle nudge? I'm just always astounded by that, that people are just ready to jump in with the hate, with the with the judgment, because you think that person should know, but maybe they don't know. So that's, you know, that's kind of one thing. Here's an issue that's a bigger issue. And this is where I get sort of murky. Some moms may not actually care. There are some parents who don't care about the same things as you. Do I think car seat regulations is pretty high on the list? I do. I really do. But if another mom doesn't care, is it my job to try to make her care. And that's where the sort of crazy making comes in, right? Some kids, and and maybe the car seat regulation is an extreme example. And obviously that's, that's a sort of life or death kind of thing. So I feel strongly about it, but some people actually don't. Um, I've seen people put kids way too young in the front seat and they're, that's just not high on their list of things to care about. Or they go back to like, I did it when I was a kid and I was fine. I think a less heated example is probably like how people feed their kids, right? And there are some moms who, of course, are super duper, you know, organic, paleo, blah, blah, blah. They do all the things, super prep, right? And they still stop at McDonald's in a pinch or maybe even on the regular. And I'm that mom. Like I was the food Nazi when Pascal was little, but we also stopped at McDonald's. And I remember some friends having a hard time wrapping their head around that. Like, but you, you, you. And I'm like, it's, that's just, I don't care. Like, I don't care. (laughs) And believe it or not, what I cared about was he never, ever got a Happy Meal. I thought the toys were junky. I didn't believe in the marketing to kids. He got a cheeseburger and that was that. We called it a day. So I chose a thing to care about. You can't make me care 
Okay. And so that's where we get into the mom judgment. That's where we start getting into each other's lanes. And what's interesting is the close, I I see it online, but I also see it almost worse in like best friends or mom's groups. And here's a really big thing that you have to remember. Some moms don't care. It's not because they don't care about their kid. Every single mom out there is doing the best. I worked, guys, when I was a social worker, I worked with mentally ill moms who had substance abuse. Sometimes their kids were taken away from them. These moms actually always thought they were doing the best for their kid, okay? So please, 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 you may not approve of it, but we have to go with the idea that everybody wants the best for their kids. I mean, of course, there's extreme abuse situations that I'm not talking about that. But one of the things that happens is moms make judgment calls because we can't do everything. And the doing everything is trying to, is making us crazy. And I actually, one of my really good friends came to me like crying. She was like, I am drowning. I, she, you know, she has three kids under the age of 10, drowning, drowning, drowning. This mom is super duper into diet and and healthy diet. And her kids have various food allergies and various reactions. So she kind of has to be. But she also tries to be the super adventuresome mom. She tries to be the mom, you know, they have kayaks and they go out and it's, she's a wonderful mom. But she, I said, girl, you're trying to do too much. And I have a chapter of this in, um, oh crap, I have a toddler, right? In choosing your values. Like if you feel really strongly that every meal has to be home cooked, has to be the best ingredients, your kid needs to sit with cloth napkins, that's wonderful. But understand that you may not get to be the adventure mom, right? Because you have to choose. We can't do it all. And that's what's killing us. So know that if some mom made a different choice than you or chose not to care about something that you feel strongly about, she's still trying to do her best and she's choosing something else that is more important to her. So I just think that's sort of the nugget here that we have to always kind of, we shouldn't judge anyway, just stay in your lane. Know that there's important things to you that that are not as important to other people. Um, and then there's also something just really crazy that I kind of alluded to a few minutes ago, which is it's really weird that we have this inviting aspect, right? So I see judgment online, which of course just, ugh, it's just gross. Stay offline <laughs> with the judgment, just keep scrolling. <laughs> but I see it and I hear it from private clients. It's like an inviting within your own group. And it's, that's just kind of a weird thing. So I want to go, I want to tell you a, a tangent here. Um, I remember when I owned a, I, years back, I owned a children's clothing store and this head of the La Leche League came into my store and she was bragging about how she had sort of reamed some moms at Whole Foods for bottle feeding, you know, back in the day before COVID when we could sit at Whole Foods in the booths or, you know, have a snack there. And I guess two moms separate of each other were bottle feeding their kids. And so this woman like took pride in going, you know, saying to them, reaming them about bottle feeding. And I was furious. And I was like, you know what? If you really care about breastfeeding, go in the trenches, go where people go in lower socioeconomic brackets where breastfeeding is looked on as a poor person thing. And so being able to feed your kid formula is looked on as as wealth and and, uh, better for your kid. Go in the trenches. Don't go. That's inviting. That's shooting fish in a barrel. Like you're, you're generally speaking, your Whole Foods mom is going to have researched 
and probably had to make a crushing decision to not breastfeed, or maybe it wasn't even a crushing decision, but that woman knows that woman has access to information and that woman knows and is aware of the choice she made. So that's just kind of an example of like inviting. So people who are easy targets, don't you don't want to invite with your friends. You want to give your friends more grace, right? You don't want to mom shame your friends. And in your circle, if you feel like you're being mom shamed, if it's repetitive, find a new mom circle. If it's if it's really good friends, catch each other on it. Get in the practice of saying, even jokingly, like, dude, are you mom shaming me? Right? Like, even when people are like, I can't believe you go to McDonald's. I was like, yeah, we'll believe it. It's not a hill I want to die on. And it's it's not a thing. So go ahead. You can have a hissy fit by yourself, but don't put your shit on me. <laughs> right? So, I mean, obviously, it's better if we just don't, if we don't judge, period. And Here's the other thing. You have zero idea what's happening in another person's life. And this is going to be something I'll repeat throughout this podcast. You have zero idea. Years ago, I wrote a blog post. Uh, Pascal must have been three or four. We were out very early and we went to the playground. And I'm talking like sunrise early. And there was a little girl there and she was with an older caregiver. It looked like to be a grandmother or something. And at one point, the grandmother popped her a Coke. And this little four-year-old, I don't know, around four, you know, drinking a Coke at sunrise. Well, Pascal was three or four. So, and this was, this mother had such a steep learning curve. So of course, when he was three or four, I really thought I knew it all. (laughs) Of course, my head's going crazy with all the judgment. Unbelievable, a Coca-Cola, six in the morning, blah, 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 blah. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. Like the little girl, she looked, I don't know, her clothes looked like maybe it wasn't, they weren't fresh, you know? And I thought, the older caregiver, like, I don't know what just happened. Maybe this little girl was in the hospital and just got released. Maybe her mom, you know, I go to my social work back. Maybe her mom was a drug addict and OD'd and this little girl had to go to her grandmother's in the middle of the night. Who knows? Who knows what's going on in this little girl's life? And maybe the grandmother just doesn't know and gave her a coat. But I, why? Why do I have to judge that? Why do I have to look on a stranger and and put a judgment. Why? Because I need to feel good about me. And that's what happens when our kids are young, right? Like we're still in the steep learning curve of motherhood. So we're like, no, 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 I need to feel good about this. So if I look down on the person who gives their kid a Coke, then I feel better about myself. So just be aware of that. And I think the first step is like catching it, catching it in yourself because we all do it and we all perpetrate this. So yeah. But this brings us to the latest mom shaming topic. And actually, this topic rolls a few issues into one, like judging, shaming, but also how to have those really hard conversations. And also, remember the podcast I did about the ask versus guest culture? This kind of touches on that, too. So if you if you didn't listen to that podcast, that is a good one. Um, I, I think that's the podcast I've had the strongest response to. So, uh, which means it hit a nerve. <laughs> and a, a good response, just more like a mind-blowing, it's a, it's a mind-blowing concept, the ask versus guest culture. So this topic is timely. It's, it's not so much about back to school, although that plays into it, all the things that are happening, but this has more to do with casual get-togethers, you know, who the kids are playing with, homeschooling, distance learning pods, if you have one, kids getting back to sports, and of course, all under the broad umbrella of COVID-19, which we're still dealing with. So my friend Jen and I literally have spent hours 
tackling this topic because it's come to both of our attentions. And I was like, Jan, help me get to the bottom of this because I don't know. There's there's so much judgment about it and there's so much weirdness about it. And so we literally have spent hours getting to the bottom of this. And it's hot and it's heated. At least it, it gets heated online. And it's really confusing and personal, like what everybody's doing. So let's, again, break this down a bit. And I want to be clear about what I'm talking about here. Yeah, like I'm talking about the kind of thing where you walk into a family event. Uh, you know that it's a small family event, but you have like no idea, like people kind of move in for a hug. Are you fist bumping? Are you high-fiving? Are you elbow bumping? Are you staying six feet away? Are you not? Are you inside? Are you outside? Or, you know, a kind of situation where you're figuring out a small school pod, whatever that looks like, and you don't know quite where the other parents are with their kids. Is it all masks? Is it only masks inside? Is it masks outside? What happens when it gets cold out? These are the kind of situations like a couple of friends want to get together, but you're unclear about where everybody's at. What are the rules? What are you guys doing? Another situation I'm hearing about a lot is like you thought somebody was kind of in your bubble, you know, and I think not many people are on full quarantine anymore, but, you know, we still have these small circles, right? And then you find out a person, you look on Facebook and that person took a flight to a family reunion and there's like pictures of 30 plus people with no masks on, no social distancing. How do you handle that when that person wants to get together, right? So we have all these sort of murky we're kind of back to real life. We're still in small groups, but what is everybody doing? So I want to say first and foremost, stay 100% offline. <laughs> Do not get into it with people online just for your own sanity. If you find yourself, this is my favorite, typing in all caps with more than one exclamation point, eh, probably delete the post. Yeah, you're not going to convince anybody. You're driving yourself crazy. It's an echo chamber. Yeah, so I would just... Honestly, whatever you see online, scroll, just keep scrolling or don't go online. Don't go on Facebook. Don't go on Instagram. But know that the online stuff is just so inflammatory. You're not going to change anybody. And my goal here always is take care of yourself, not just stay in your lane to not judge people, but stay in your lane to stay sane. Yeah, uh, that's my goal. You people here, I want to take care of. <laughs> I want you to be sane and effective. Now, secondly, and actually this might actually be tied with the first, is remember, just like I talked about throughout this whole podcast, you do not know another person's situation. This applies to all the coronavirus rules, regulations, and what you think or feel about it. You do not know what that other person knows. You do not know how they feel. You do not know what information they've gotten. And you don't know what their personal health situation is, okay? Everybody is different. Now, do I wish we had clear information from the top, from our leaders? 100% across the board. I wish we had all the same information. I wish there was a consensus. I wish there was 100% one part, one, one line of thinking, right? I want to say party line, but I don't want to, it's not, uh, you know what I mean? It's not an actual party line, a political thing, but we don't have that, okay? So you cannot assume that you know exactly what's going on with the other person. Third, everyone but everyone is at a different place with this, okay? There is a tremendous gray zone here. The spectrum goes from super duper stringent to super duper lax. And 
honestly, what I've seen is if you're at either end of the spectrum, you probably have it a little easier as far as like where your headspace is at. Yeah. You're like, you're sure about it. So for you guys, I think the key is not judging. Just because you're super stringent doesn't mean the next guy is going to be and to not judge that. Okay. That's where we get into, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat this ad nauseum in the next like 10 minutes. It's okay for you to have a boundary for yourself without making other people wrong. And this is this wide gray area that most of us, and I consider myself in this gray area, this is where we're struggling with the how to have the hard conversations. And this is where people are struggling with the ask versus guest culture. So you want to first figure out where you're at. Okay, and this is most likely fluid. And I think this is where most people are stumbling is I think most of us and I, I, you know, I'm not trying to politicize anything, but I think most of us are in the zone of like, absolutely, I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to wear a mask at the grocery store. I'm going to wear a mask if it makes you feel more comfortable. I'm going to wear a mask, you know, and then it's a little like, well, we're having a get together. Are we wearing masks? You know, it's and I'm using the mask just as an example. I'm not trying to point anybody in any direction. (laughs) So it's just an example, though, of like how we're kind of fluid, like we kind of have a bottom line, but we also have some fluidity. Like for me personally, I keep a very small, I have a very small life. I don't have a lot of contact with a lot of people. I, I work from home, Pascal homeschools. We now live in the woods. I see my mother who barely sees anybody. She's with my stepdad who goes to work. But you know what I mean? Like I don't have a whole lot of contact. And the contact I have, those people don't have a lot of contact. So I would say I'm probably way less stringent than a lot of people because that's where that's where I'm at. And I went to, let's see, my dad had a barbecue on Sunday and my stepsister doesn't have the best of health and I haven't seen her in a while. And, she, you know, she has sort of, I would say, weak health. Yeah. And. You know, I just said to her right away, I said, hey, and I stayed six feet away. But I said, what are we doing? And she said, oh, I would love a hug because I said, you know, hey, are we hugging? Are we fist bumping? Are we elbow bumping? And she said, I would love a hug. And she was very clear. She needed a hug more than she needed to stay six feet away. And so I think this is a really important point. All of us, 100 percent, all of us are using a goal risk reward system. And I want to give a shout out because this is not my idea in talking, getting to the bottom of this whole issue with my friend Jen. Her friend had used this. I just I want to give credit where credit is due, but it makes the most sense to me using a goal risk reward system. What is your goal? What is the risk? And what's the reward? And is the reward worth the risk. And if you think about it, this applies to all situations. What is your goal? So your goal might be that your child plays with other kids, that your kid is not isolated anymore. What is the risk? What is the risk in their particular school? Are they going to get to see kids? Is the kids in school worth the risk? Eh, A lot of people right now are deciding no. So then they're forming a little neighborhood pod, for example. Is that risk. Yeah, that risk now goes so far down. The reward is the same. They get the kid interaction without so much risk. All of us are operating like this, even if you are not aware of it. And I think the cool thing is stop and think about it. And you'll realize that this has been a it's almost like a operating system implanted in your brain that you have been using with almost not even knowing it. 
it, this makes the most sense because even early on, I noticed everyone had a break in their system. Almost everyone. Everyone had a break in their system. So you could be the most stringent person in the world, but you went to the market. Eh, so many ways to be contaminated at the market, right? You might be super stringent, but you saw grandparents twice a week. Do you know what I mean? So all of us had some place where we almost lowered our guard. And even if you were on one side of the spectrum, really, really hardcore, or no, I'm not doing anything anybody tells me, you still are doing a goal risk reward. It works across the board, right? (laughs) So even the people who say, you know what, I like, I went into lockdown, my kids, nothing, nobody came in, nobody came out. We got delivery. They stayed out on the porch for three days. I wiped everything down with wipes. Like, no, 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 no. I did like the most stringent you could think of. You still did a goal risk reward. The goal was not to get COVID. The risk, you know, you, you did this and you suffered. You did take a hit right? Your kids might've suffered. You might've suffered, but that was worth it. That was worth it. That was your reward, right? Do you know, not reward, but that was what you were willing to sacrifice for the reward of not getting COVID. So I just, I love that. I love that phrase. And when you realize that everybody, but everybody is doing this, I think you can come at it with a little more compassion. Yeah. So you can't be in people's heads. So we don't want to judge. We don't want to shame, obviously, right? But this is also not a place. Let's go to that ask versus guess culture. This is not a place to make people guess where you're at. Be very clear about what you need in any given moment. And again, this can be flexible and this can be weird. This doesn't have to make sense to anybody but you. And you don't have to have the answers right away. Okay, so let's say you're doing a little, you know, school pod for kids in your neighborhood. You got five kids, right? It can be like, hey, listen, our numbers are really low right now. I feel really good about the kids playing together, not not being six feet apart. I feel really good about the kids not being masked. We're going to be outside. But hey, I don't know what this is going to look like in a month. Let's keep revisiting it and let's figure it out as we go. It might change when it's really cold and all the kids are inside. It might, we all might decide not to do this if there's a spike in numbers. So be flexible, right? And I'm going to go back to this. It's okay for you to set a boundary without making another person wrong. This I think should be a mantra because now that it has come to my attention, that this one simple statement, I see it all the time. I think what happens is we're not comfortable setting a boundary, right? Oh, because of whatever, because that's who we are. Like it took me years to be comfortable setting a boundary. We also may anticipate kickbacks. So I know that this, the climate with the COVID rules and regulations is so polarized and it's become so politicized that people automatically anticipate a kickback. Like whether or not you follow the rules and regulations or whether you follow them to a T, when you try to set your boundary, you anticipate kickbacks. So then what you do is you automatically Start with the other person being wrong, trying to preempt that interaction, right? It is okay to have a boundary without making the other person wrong. But you also can't be mad when the other person sets their boundary, okay? So like, it might look like this, like, hey, we're having a get together, um, you know, a neighborhood get together and nobody's wearing masks. You might say, okay, I'm not really comfortable with that, but I hope you guys have an awesome time, you know? You may have to ask. 
somebody says they're having a neighborhood get together and you might say, hey, listen, that sounds great, but I'm still, you know, my mom's in bad health and you don't have to give an excuse, but you can. You know, my mom's in bad health. We're still being really stringent about it. Do you think we could come if we stay, you know, if we're masked, you know, or can you not give us a hard time if we're masked? Or it might be like, hey, that sounds great. Are you guys, I know you guys aren't, you know, aren't as stringent as we are. Do you think people are going to be masked? Because I'm still a little concerned and I hope you guys have a really good time. But I, I don't feel comfortable yet with a get together. It's okay. That All of those scenarios are okay. It's okay for the other person to set the boundary and it's okay for you to set a boundary and nobody has to be wrong. So what that would look like is somebody says, hey, we're getting, we're having a neighborhood get together and um, nobody's wearing masks. And then you'd be like, oh, you should be wearing masks. We would love to come, but now we can't because, oh my God, you're, you guys aren't wearing masks. You see what I mean? Like, so you would make the other person wrong because you had a hard time with your boundary. Okay. So I think this is really the, the nugget. It may... It may not make sense. Here's the other thing. It may not make sense to you, but that's not for you to decide. And I have an example that literally just happened last night. So Pascal and I go to our bow club and a friend of his, whose mom I know is particularly stringent in some ways, was going to, you know, he said, hey, can you, can we go pick up my friend to go to book club? And I said, yeah, sure. So then a little while later, he said, never mind, his mom's going to drive him. I said, okay, well, let her know that I can bring him home if she wants. A little while later, Pascal comes to me and he's like, well, no, she's just going to wait because she doesn't want him in our car. And I was like, okay. And like, of course, my first reaction was pissed. I was like, what? She's <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my gosh, she's overreacting. I had a strong reaction in my head. And then I went through, He, this kid is going back to a really big public high school. Rhode Island just decided that uh, full in-person school is okay. I have my issues with this, <laughs> but I homeschool. I'm going to stay in my lane about it. And I was flabbergasted because I was like, oh my God. And to me, in my heart of hearts, I feel like the woman's being a little too crazy because her kid's going back to high school. Like you She's over controlling the situation she can control when there's going to be situations that she can't control. I have all my chatter about it. And then I said, Jamie, just it doesn't matter. She feels uncomfortable with him being in your car, but she's been consistent about it. Like she's been consistent about feeling uncomfortable with her kid in other people's cars. Right. So I had to let it go. Right. Like stop. Like you don't get to be mad because another person set a boundary. So I caught myself and guys, this mental gyration took all of like 45 seconds. It really wasn't a big deal, but it's funny because I'm aware of all this stuff and still it it like hit up, it, it hit a sore spot for me. So that's just one of those examples, right? Where it's like, it doesn't make sense. Do I think it's a little crazy? Yeah, probably, but who cares? Like, am I going to be mad about it? Am I going to waste any energy on it? Am I going to write to her in all caps with eight exclamation points? Nah. (laughs) So again, a lot of this is, it's really my interest in helping you guys as parents is to help keep you sane and effective and calm. So a lot of this is really just stay in your lane because it's going to keep you healthier. It's going to keep you Better. And I think in the ever present, uh, ever present work of boundaries, and I just, God, freaking boundaries, man. It's like it's the nut of life. It really is. And I'm still learning and still figuring it out. But just, just know here are the things, you know, 
Be clear about what you need in any given moment. It doesn't have to be across the board. You don't have to, you can be flexible. You can change your mind. You can get to a vent and all of a sudden have high anxiety about all the things your kid's touching. You can leave. You can, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be, this isn't a place where you have to have a platitude and stick there and that's that. And again, and again, it's okay for you to be where you're at It's okay for you to set a boundary without making the other person wrong. And I think that is my takeaway. (laughs) And because I've said it an obnoxious amount of time, I'm going to log off. I hope you guys have an awesome day and rock on. All right. I'm going to sign off for today. You can always go to jamieglowacki.com for the super cool latest updates, including the launch of my new book, Yummy New Book Presale Treats when we release new episodes, and how to work with me directly. And of course, if you need any potty training help, there's a handy link there that will take you to all my potty training resources, including all my courses. That's the Oh Crap Potty Training online course, my pooping solutions course, and my night training supplement. And if you need additional help, how to book with a certified Oh Crap consultant. That's all at jamieglowacki.com. Have a beautiful day and rock on.